Well, I hope uh, every one of you have had a, a good Thanksgiving. Um, uh, it's, it's nice to be here, let me tell you. Um, I've had a, a couple of different opportunities to preach at some other churches, and there's nothing like being at home, let me tell you. Uh, I think that's what's so special about Thanksgiving is being with family. Well, being up here, being with family, it, it's special too. So I really, I really appreciate this opportunity of uh, sharing God's Word, just what He's laid on my heart with you uh, today, and just looking forward to, to sharing that with you. So. How many of you guys have ever seen uh, the, some of these cliffhanger movies, the suspenseful movies, where they've, they've got you on the edge of your seat just not knowing what's going to happen? Um, I, I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Courageous yet or not, but uh, it is an awesome, awesome movie. Um, if, if you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to, to check it out. But the, uh, the opening act of the movie, uh, that opening scene, I should say, there's actually a man who's out uh, pumping gas in his truck. And I don't want to give away too much of the movie for you that haven't seen it, but uh, he, he, he's pumping gas, and just as he gets ready to get back into his truck, he notices his windshield or whatever is dirty. So, so he jumps out of, his, out of his truck. He leaves the door open and it running, and he's getting ready to clean his windshield, if I, if I remember correctly. And uh, actually, right at that point, someone jumps in his truck and, and is stealing it. So he, he starts down the road, and this guy, this truck is really is, is important and special to him, as you'll see. But, uh, so he, he grabs hold of his truck, and, and he's hanging on. For everything he's got, he's hanging onto this truck, and this guy's dragging him, literally dragging him down the road. He's swerving, he's weaving, he's doing everything he can to get rid of it, to, to get him off this truck, but, but he's not letting go. And you know what? Sometimes uh, we find ourselves rooting for that guy. We're like, you know what? God, don't, don't give up. Don't let go. Don't let go. And, and that's kind of the way we've been, we've been brought up, is to not let go. And you know what? Sometimes some of that is good, some of this to, to hang on, um, to never give up steadfastness, those things, those are good qualities for us to have. But uh, there are times that we'll see that um, sometimes it's not always best to hang on. And uh, I shared a story earlier this morning uh, about my wife. Uh, I did get her permission, so, um, <laughs> about this story. But she told me about, actually, um, the, the first time she'd ever gone water skiing. Uh, she was actually up in, in Scroon Lake with Word of Life. And uh, they were just taking them around the, around the lake, a little loop, and you could get up and water ski. Well, she had never done that before. And, of course, just like I had my first time, you know, it took her several times to, to finally get up. But eventually, when she, when she got up, she said she was so nervous, she was just white-knuckled, hanging onto the back of that boat, getting towed around the lake. Well, you know, they, they did their thing. They took them around the, the lake one time. And, you know, they, these guys driving the boat had been doing it for so long. They knew the, exactly the, the right time to, to, to let go, for, you know, for the skier to let go, and they would just coast right into the dock. Well, here's, here's April back there. She's, wow, my friends are seeing me up, and, but she's scared to death. So they do their loop, and they get right by the, by the dock, and they're telling her, you know, let go. She's not letting go. She's too scared to let go. So, so they wind up having to do another loop, and finally they have to, they have to shake her, and she falls off. And so they, they go pick her up, and you know what? Um, she, she was too scared to let go. But, you know, th- there are times when we need to let, get, let go. You know what? If, if, they, if she, you know, luckily they were paying attention, but if they hadn't been, she'd have run right into that dock. So there, we see that there are times when we do need to let go. Uh, the Bible gives us an example in Proverbs 4.13, which says, to take hold of instruction and to not let go. It's talking about God's instructions. God gives us instructions. He gives us his word, and we're not to let go of these. But what if God's instruction in your life is for you to let go? Uh, what, if, what if God's calling you to let go of something? We're to follow his instructions, but if his instructions are to let go, what are we going to do? Uh, the Bible gives us the, the, the perfect example of, of Jesus letting go. Um, you know, he, he ultimately let go of his, entire, his, of his life for every one of us. You know, before he went and, uh, and died on the cross for us, uh, 
he prayed. He prayed to God the Father and said that, you know what, God, I, I know what's going to happen here, but um, if you can take my, this cup, if, if, I can, if I can not go through this, please, you know, I, I'd really, you know, if I don't have to, I, I don't want to go through this. But, but, I, but Lord, your will be done in my life. And ultimately, um, Jesus shows us that, um, that God's will was done in his life and he paid the ultimate um, penalty, took the ultimate sacrifice for every one of us by, by dying on that cross. So every one of us is faced with a decision at some point in our life of whether we hang on or we let go. Are we like the guy who's getting his truck stolen? Are we hanging on? Is that, is that the right thing to do? Or do we need to let go like my wife with the water skiing thing? We're all faced with it. The, 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 the question we all are faced with is, you know, what do we do? When do we let go? Um, but we know that God shows us that we can let go with assurance because he is in control. Um, he wants us to let go by faith and to trust in him. Um, so let's take a look and see what happens when we let go. Uh, today I'm gonna, I'd like to share with you about a, a woman in the Bible. Her name is Jochebed, and uh, she was going through an extremely difficult situation in life. Um, and we'll, we're going to see a story in Scripture here that says that she's able to let go of someone that's very important to her. So uh, turn with me, if you would, to uh, Exodus 2. We'll be reading in uh, verses 1 through 10. Exodus 2, 1 through 10. It says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile, with her maidens walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying, and she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall, we, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that, that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. Well, as we look at the first uh, couple of verses here, we look at um, verses um, 1 through the beginning of verse 3, we see that, um, that we, we all struggle at times with letting go. Uh, write down, if you would, uh, Matthew 17, verses 17 through 20, and we can see that we all struggle with faith. We all struggle with letting go and, and trusting in God, and that we see that even Jesus' disciples actually struggled with, with their faith. But, um, you know, as we think about Thanksgiving, as we think about the blessings that we have and the, 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 the opportunity we have to be in church here, that, um, that we're free to do a lot of the things that we're able to do. We can be in, in church or we, we're not uh, fearful of our children. As we see Jacobed, she lived in a, an extremely difficult situation, a time period when she was, there was an order for her to actually to have her son uh, uh, killed. But she, she chooses to have faith and to hang on to God. But so, you know, thankfully, we're, we don't live in a culture like that right now where we're forced to give up our children. But I don't know if you guys are aware of this, that there are countries in this world right now. Uh, I just saw something recently on the Internet where in Afghanistan, 
that there are children being forced from their parents and they're being used as a means of, of terrorist attacks. Or places like Thailand where the, they're forcing these young girls, they're being taken from their parents and they're forced to, 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 to serve in the, in the, uh, the slave trade or in the, the sex trade and just all these horrible things that are, that are going on in our country. So, you know, as we think about Thanksgiving, as we think about the holidays as they approach, we really need to take time and, and be thankful for the blessings that we have. That, you know what, we, we don't live in a time like Jacobed did where we're, we're forced to give up our children or we don't live in Afghanistan where our kids are being taken from us. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, To know therefore that the Lord your God, He is, the, he is God, who keeps his covenant and his love kind, loving kindness to the thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandment. Now, just let's take a look back to uh, Exodus 1, just to, to kind of find out what's, what's kind of what's going on here. You know, why, why, why is uh, Jacobed faced with having to give up her son here? Well, if you pick, turn back to um, chapter 1, pick up uh, verse 8, it says that uh, a new king arose over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. So this is a time after Joseph. We see that the, the, uh, the Hebrews are actually kind of uh, falling out of favor with the, with the government or the, the king of Egypt at this time. And actually, uh, the, continuing on in the verses here, we see that, um, that the Pharaoh actually starts becoming nervous about the Hebrew. He says that, you know what, I'm seeing these people, obviously they're God's people, that are, that are mightier than we are. He starts getting nervous, and he actually starts forcing them into, into slavery and actually to, gets to a point where he chooses two um, midwives and, and gives the order that, you know what, what are we going to do if uh, he gives an order to have these babies killed? He starts thinking to himself that, you know, there are countries out here right now that, that don't like us, and if we should go to war, what will these Hebrews, will they, will they side with us? Will they side against us? So he ultimately gets scared. He's, he's kind of, he gets scared. So he, he puts out the order that, you know what, all these, the, the midwives, when a Hebrew baby is to be born, when a male child is to be born, that they're to throw him into the Nile River and to have him killed. But we see, thankfully, these midwives were uh, God-fearing women, and they chose to, um, they chose to, 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 um, to follow God instead of following man. They, they trusted in God and they chose his ways and they refused to follow Pharaoh's order. They said, you know what, we're, we're not going to, I'm not killing any, any Hebrew babies. They're, they're God's people. God orders us not to kill. They're not going to have anything to do with it. So they refused Pharaoh's order and they, they choose to, to follow God. Well, as you can see later on in the story that, um, that Pharaoh obviously isn't happy about that. So if you pick up in, in verse 1, or excuse me, uh, chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. So, wow, here Jochebed is, is being forced to have to, to, to get rid of her baby. To, the, this, uh, the, the king, is, the, the pharaoh is saying, I want all the, I want all the, the babies uh, to be killed. Um, well, as we, as we look in, ch- in um, chapter 2 here, we, we start to look at, at Jochebed, who actually isn't mentioned by name. Uh, here we have to turn over to Exodus 6 where we can see that what her actual name is. But uh, what we do know about her is that um, she is a, appears to be a godly woman and that she is, she is living in a, in a real difficult situation. She's faced with, with some difficult circumstances. And um, in Hebrews 11.23, um, we see that it says that, that, um, that um, Jacob had actually hid uh, Moses by faith. 
And she, she expected God to come through here. That with her faith in God, she said, you know what? She was a God-fearing woman as well. She was going to go against Pharaoh's order. She wasn't going to throw him into the Nile. She was going to hang on to him. And, she was, and she, we see that she winds up hanging on to him for three months. So we, we see that uh, Jochebed was a, was a godly woman. She was a God-fearing woman. Uh, we, we know these things. Uh, we see that, that she is actually an Israelite, who we know are, are God's chosen people. And in verse, um, uh, verse 1, it talks about her being a daughter of Levi, that she actually comes from the, the tribe of Levi. And I don't know if you, how familiar you are, but the, the tribe of Levi actually are, are, are the tribe that wind up carrying out uh, the priestly duties for the, for the temple. So they were, they were special people. And we also see that her, her husband, Amram, Again, not mentioned here. We have to we have to read further into the text to to get his name. But we can we can see here that they were that they were godly parents. Uh, they were dedicated parents. That they were willing to defy the the order of Pharaoh to obey God. That you know what when when God's when man was telling them to do one thing, God was telling them to do something else, and they followed God instead of instead of Pharaoh. Um, we see that Jochebed apparently wrestles with letting go. Um, we, in the verse, first part of verse 3, it says, when she could hide him no longer. You get the impression that, you know what, here she is hiding this baby from the authorities, and she must have just wrestled with that. Could you imagine any of you moms out there or dads just having to let go of your, of your, of your son, your little baby? You imagine the struggle that she must have went through. Picture that last week before she, she realized that, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I've got I've to let him go. How hard that must have been, this, the struggle of, of having to let him go. <clears throat> she kept Moses uh, hidden for three months. Uh, this must have been extremely difficult. Uh, by, by the text here, it, it seems to indicate that they probably lived in close proximity to, to where the Pharaoh lived, to, the, to, the, to maybe his palace. Uh, we can, we can kind of uh, assume that with uh, the, the fact that Miriam, who is actually uh, Moses' sister, we see that she's left behind in verse uh, 4, that she's kind of left behind after, after Jochebed leaves him in the river to see what would happen. And the fact that maybe, maybe that uh, Jochebed actually knew where Pharaoh's daughter was going to bathe, that it kind of seems, it seems to indicate that they probably lived somewhere close by. So just picture the authorities, the, the, picture the security that would be if we lived next to the White House right now. There'd be security all over the place. But yet here they are living, this, this Hebrew family, living probably within close proximity to, to the king, it's so close that this is where his daughter actually bathes, and, and they're trying to hide this baby. Imagine how difficult that must have been. You know, the picture their houses back then, they certainly weren't like our houses today, insulated with good windows, and you know what? That sound of that baby crying, and as, as you know, as a, as a baby gets older, it starts to grow, and just what the challenge it must have been for them to, uh, to keep that baby there. So <clears throat> um, we see that um, she knew, again, she knew where Jacobed's, uh uh, Jacobed knew where Pharaoh's daughter had um, had bathed, and undoubtedly um, that she knew what she was doing when she she laid him there. Uh, we see that she wrestled; um, she couldn't hang on to Jacobed forever. She knew at some point, I'm sure, over those three months, it just kept. You know, God was, I'm sure, you know, speaking to her that you know what, you just trust me. You know, at this point, she had she had hung on to him. She's hanging on to him, but you know, God's speaking to her that trust me. And for three months, she struggled. And, uh, but she knew at some point she was going to have to make a decision. So how often do we do, we do that? Do we, do we struggle with a decision that maybe when God's calling us to do something, do we struggle with, with faith and trusting in him and knowing that he's in control? You know, there's, there's several different things that Jochebed could have done. She could have tried to continue to hide him, 
But as we saw, you know, living close by, hiding wasn't the answer. She'd been trying that for three months. Whatever had happened uh, after three months, she realized that she could hide him no more. You know, and I, th- I think that's kind of the way God works with us sometimes. That you know what, we, he eventually we get to the point where you know what, whatever we think we're hiding from God, we can't hide anything from Him anyways. And eventually we've got to we've got to make a decision. Uh, or she could try to work out some kind of deal with the Egyptians, but you know what, I I highly doubt that was going to work. You know, the, the king of Egypt had said, "No, I want all the male babies killed." But sometimes I I see ourselves doing that. I don't know about you, but I I do that. You know, God tells me to do something. And you know what, maybe I'm not feeling like, eh, I'm a little scared. Or, you know what, God, maybe, can we just work on it? Maybe maybe we could do it this way instead. And that doesn't work either. So um, maybe maybe she could try running from it. You think she, maybe she could just pack up her kids. She could take baby Moses. She could take Miriam and take her husband, and they could just run away from it. But we know that running's not the answer either. Sooner or later, um, I'm sure Pharaoh, his, his, his army, they would catch up to him. That running isn't the answer. And running away from our problems isn't the answer either. That we've got to, God calls us to do something. We can't run from him. We've got to trust in him. So, so oftentimes, really, the only logical choice there is, is to, is to trust in him. I mean, we can't run. We can't hide. We, you know what? If he tells us to do something, we really just need to be obedient and do that. So <clears throat> how many of you guys have ever played tug of war in gym class? Or you go, I bet your kids have. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? But you know, we think about grabbing hold of that rope, and you know how the, the results, generally the bigger person, the stronger person wins and, you know, pulls the little guy over and, and he gets hurt. And, but you know what? Have, have you ever played tug-of-war with God before? Have you ever grabbed hold of that rope and you said, you know, God's telling you, God's pulling you one direction, but you're, you're pulling the other direction? Well, you know, obviously God is all-powerful, and uh, you're not going to win when you're pull, playing tug-of-war against God. You know, he gives a little flinch, and you're going to fall over. But you, you're not going to win. But yet, God's a gentleman. He's not going to pull you over, you know, like the little kid. He's not going to pull you over so you fall over and get hurt. But yet, he loves you way too much to let go of the rope, too. So, so why, why would we ever play tug-of-war with God? I mean, he is all-powerful. He is creator. He loves us. I mean, he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. Why do we, why do we continue to try to play the struggle, to go against him? It doesn't make any sense. Um, really, just his ways are better than our ways. We don't always understand it. Sometimes we, you know, we, we do see ourselves playing tug-of-war, but sometimes we just need to, we need to give in. Uh, so next time you find yourself making a, dif- a difficult decision, God's calling you to do something. You, you know what? You're not alone. Every one of us here struggle with decisions at times. You know, God calling us to do something. We see that Jochebed, she, she had to have struggled for three months. She knew ultimately what she was going to have to do. Here, here she was, the mother of Moses who God would use in mighty ways, but yet she struggled. She struggled with, with having to let go. But thankfully, God tells us that we can seek him for direction and that he'll never let us down. So let's take a look and see what happens when we get, how we can let go. Um, it's with faith that we can let go. Uh, Psalm 118.8 says, It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Uh, as we look at uh, verses, uh, the second part of, of verse 3 through verse 6, I'll read it again. Uh, the second part of verse 3 says, She got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at the distance to find out what would happen to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maid servants walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, this boy was crying. 
And she had pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew's children. God, we see that God uses regular people. Uh, we see Jacobed. She's not even mentioned by name here. We don't know who she is. We just know that she's a Hebrew, she's a Hebrew mom. She's just a regular person, just like you and I. But yet, this regular person decides that, you know what, she's going to trust She's going to trust in what God's telling her to do. She's going to be obedient. She's going to stop playing tug-of-war with God. She struggled, just like you and I. She's a regular person, but God chooses to use her. And uh, after this, Jacobin realizes that she can't take, uh, take care of her baby any longer. God's calling her to let go. So I'm sure after a ton of praying, you can you just picture her praying and, and knowing that last week, leading up to having to put him in the river, she's, you know, she's got the, the, the nicest basket she has. She covers it with tar. She covers it with pitch. You can just see her having to, having to put this baby into the basket. You know, maybe his soft little blanket, the, you know, the best that she has. She you know, might put his, some, some food in there with him, but just how hard would that be having a baby crying and just having to go over and let go and put him in the river? How hard that must have been for her. Um, but uh, <clears throat> we see that um, that that um, that they that Jacobed and Amram raised loving children. Uh, we can we can see that by uh, verse four, which says that his sister Moses' sister Miriam stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. That she loved her little brother. That this is a result of a godly family. That um, there are so many. Unfortunately, there are, there are a lot of families out there right now that. Um, that their, their children don't have a relationship with the Lord and they don't have a relationship with the Lord and they're kind of living of this world. And we see, we see broken families. We see, you know, brothers and sisters that, that fight all the time, that don't love each other. Not saying that if you're a Christian and you raise your kid in church that they're not going to fight. I mean, they're sinners just like we are. But, but it seems to indicate that, you know what, there was something special about this family. We see that Miriam actually, she was really concerned at what was going to happen to her brother. Here, this little girl, she stays back to see to see what's going to happen. Um, you you get the feeling here that that Jacobed allowing Miriam to stay back and watch that she expected good things to happen though. She wasn't scared. You know what? Yeah, it was hard for her to put to put baby Moses in the river, but she she trusted God. She expected God to intervene. Uh, I, I have two two uh, young children, and and I know that if uh, if I thought something bad was going to happen to one of my to one of my kids. I'm certainly not going to let, allow the other one to hang back and see what's going to happen. That's just not going to happen, you know. I I I I deal with my loss, and, and I would take my other child with me, and you know, off we'd go. But we don't see that here. We see Miriam actually hangs back, and, and it's just an indication that that both Miriam and Jacobed were just waiting to see how God would intervene. They had confidence that God would would intervene here and it would take care of him. Um, we see that she does everything she can for him before she lets him go, though, as we talked about putting him in that basket just to, to protect him. And isn't it neat that the Hebrew word for basket is the same word as ark? And when we think about the word ark, we think about Noah's ark and how God actually gave uh, Noah instructions on how to build this ark to actually to save mankind um, back then. But isn't it neat how little baby uh, Moses is actually placed in an ark, so to say, that... Um, that the, the, the deliverer uh, out of bondage, out of, from Egypt, the, the savior of the Old Testament, to say, is actually found in an ark as well. <clears throat> we also see that Jacobed was a courageous parent. Um, it, it's an act of courage. It was certainly an act of courage on her part to trust in God. 
you know what, for her to, for her to, 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 to hang on to that baby, you know, not risking probably her own life and, and her baby's life, hanging on to him for three months, that was an act of courage and, and courage to trust in God, to actually say, you know what, all right, God, this is what I've got to do, and she trusts in him. I really think that this world could actually use more courageous parents, parents that are, that are willing to, to be obedient to God instead of man. You know what, the world may be telling you one thing, the government may be telling you one thing, not to go to say that we're, we're to do illegal things, but you know what, if, if, if God's calling you one direction and man's calling you another, you're better off following what God's telling you to do. So, <clears throat> um, Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. We see that Jacobet doesn't flee. She's bold in her faith. She doesn't flee at all. She takes a huge step of faith when she ultimately surrenders and trusts in the baby. Trust, excuse me, in the Lord by letting him go. Um, unlike what this world often teaches, uh, surrendering can be, can be courageous, and, and it is an act of courage. Uh, you know what? You'll probably never see a Hollywood hit about surrendering, but I bet you'll see a lot of that in heaven. And, uh, you know, sometimes we think about the word surrender, and especially us as guys, you know, we think, Whoa, surrender. That's not the way we were raised, you know. We, we grew up playing football. We grew up doing all these different things. And we're not the, we're giving up. We don't give up. You know what? You saw the, you saw the war movies. Uh, I'm not sure what you ladies were watching, but I'm sure you, weren't, you didn't want to give up, whatever it was. So. Um, but we, you know what? We don't, it's, it kind of goes against what we've been taught is to give up. But you know what? Maybe what God's calling you to do is to raise your white flag. Maybe surrendering is exactly what he wants you to do. We see that with, Mar- with Jacobed. She was courageous because she let go. She let go of her baby. She put him, she put him in, the, in the hands of God. She trusted him. She put her white flag just to trust him. And that is just an act of, of, of being completely courageous. <clears throat> How many of you guys have ever been to the Great Escape and seen that, um, that uh, sky coaster or sky ride or whatever they call that? You kids could help me with this. But uh, they, it's that if you drive out the side road here, it's that big white pole thing, and it, it's got that cable that just lets people free fall. Uh, you see them, they get like one, two, or three, they lay in this harness, and they hook them with this cable and pull them way up, 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 up. And I don't know about you, but I am scared to death of heights, and I get nervous just watching this thing. But you see them, they pull them so far up. And you know what? That's, that's not the scariest part. The scariest part is, is they have to let themselves go. They have to pull this release or whatever it is, then they drop. It's like, and the only thing keeping them from crashing into the earth is this cable and this harness. And you ask yourself, how in the world could someone ever do that? How could you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? How could you do that? It's faith in your equipment. And you know what? That's, that's, that's what it's all about. It's faith. Uh, Jacobed couldn't let go, over, couldn't let go of, of Moses without faith. You know what? Thankfully, God has never called me to, to bungee jump or to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Um, you know, he did call me to go to Thailand a few times, and that's a long plane ride, and I don't like heights. But you know what? I got through it. God got me through it. And uh, maybe God's calling you into a scary situation. You know, hopefully it's not bungee jumping or anything like that. But you know what? It might be scary. Hopefully it's not having to give up your baby like Jacobet did. But you know what? Maybe, it, maybe you're nervous. You know, maybe God's calling you to, to be a missionary someplace. Or maybe God's calling you to, to serve in some way. Or maybe God's calling you into a relationship with him for the first time. It can be a little bit scary, but you know what? You can trust in him. <clears throat> So what happens when we let go? We see that God rewards our faith. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord. 
Uh, we pick up um, in, verse, in chapter 2 here, verses 7 through 10. Uh, I'll read them again. It says, Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse from you from the Hebrew woman, so they may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. How cool is that? Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. <clears throat> we see that, God, that, that children, in, verse, uh, in Psalm 127.3, we see that children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And we see that the ultimate reward for Jochebed here is her, is her son, is her baby. And I think every one of us here, that if you have children, you understand exactly what I'm talking about, that our, that our gift, our reward is our child. And we see that she was rewarded with getting her child back. Uh, and we also see that God uses an unlikely candidate to save Moses. It's just evidence that he is an all-powerful, almighty God. He uses the daughter of the man that wants them dead. He uses Pharaoh's daughter the one that, that had just given the order to throw all the babies into the Nile. He uses her daughter. Uh, it's proof that he can work all for good. God can work everything for good. And as a result of raising godly children in a godly home, we see that Miriam, uh, Moses' sister, was in the right place at the right time, as only God can orchestrate. Uh, we see that um, she's, she's actually the one, she, while, she, while her being there, she is the one that you know is alert and right on point here. She says, "Oh, do you want me to go get a, a Hebrew a Hebrew woman to nurse her?" And she goes and gets her mom. How awesome is that? Um, you know what? She could have been doing anything else if she hadn't been raised. If Miriam hadn't been raised in a godly family, you know what? We th- how how might a child react now, out nowadays if uh, you know what? You're, my brother's gone. Phew! I don't have to share share a room with him anymore. Or you know what? She could have been off having a tenter, temper tantrum. But you know what? She, we see that she actually was trusting in, in the Lord, just like her, just like her mom. And uh, she loved, she had a love for her sibling. And we see that she followed in her mom's footsteps. She, had a, she was a courageous little girl, just like her mom was. Picture this, this shortly, you know, I don't know how big she was, but this little Hebrew girl, you know, probably scared to death, you know. There's my brother and sitting in the river. Mom's just left crying, and she hangs back there just to see what's going to happen. Scared to death, I'm sure. And then, you know what? Pharaoh's daughter comes in. One of her maidservants goes over and picks it up. And this little brave little girl walks up to, to Pharaoh's daughter and says, can I get, you, can I get one of the Hebrew uh, ladies to, to nurse him for you? Just a, a huge act of, uh, of just being courageous. And um, where do you think she got that from? She got that from mom. She got that from her parents. You know what? Um, we can be heroes to our kids if we follow God. Our children are always watching and learning from us. And so many times do our actions speak louder than our words. You know, Jacobed was just truly blessed by trusting in him. We see that the Israelites' deliverer of freedom was saved because of her trust. And we know the story that Moses would eventually lead the uh, Israelites out of bondage, out of slavery. Um, and then this is my favorite part here. We see that Jacobed's obviously her prayers have been answered. Not only does she get her baby back, she gets to nurse him for however many years it may have been, three to four or five years, whatever it was, that she actually got to nurse her own son to get to get him back. But to see that we see that Pharaoh's daughter actually paid her to do it. 
Only God could orchestrate something like that. I mean, how, how awesome it is. The reward for her faith must have been overwhelming. And God's love for his children is amazing. And this is all because she had faith in him. <clears throat> and as it, it seems to indicate here that, um, that God had grown Jacobet's faith. You know what, the story doesn't end with, you know what, she got him back. She, she, she eventually has to give him up again. All part of God's plan here. But we, we, it seems to indicate, the Bible seems to indicate here that the second time, it doesn't seem to be any, as much of a struggle at this point. We see that um, she was able once again to let go of her son, but with much more confidence. And uh, her faith had grown. And you know what, our faith will grow as well if we'll, if we'll trust in him. Um, you know what, I'm sure it wasn't easy the second time. I'm sure it was, it was tough to let go. But you know what, she had let go the first time and trusted in God, and God had been good to her. God had rewarded her. And you know what, is that what, is that what God's calling you to do right now? Have you, have you let go before? Or maybe you need to let go for the first time. But whatever it is, it's, we get this picture here that the more we do it, the more we trust in him, the easier it gets. You know, And I think that's what we, we really need to focus on here. So... <clears throat> Uh, again, we see that uh, after letting him go the second time, we, we know what Moses becomes. They're, they're freed from slavery. And, and, and kind of neat, at the end of verse 10, it actually talks about how Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses. And the word, uh, the name Moses actually means one who draws out. Kind of interesting how Pharaoh's daughter would be the one that would name him um, Moses, the one who draws out. Uh, God's plan all along is he was going to use Moses to draw them out of Egypt. Uh, how many of you guys are familiar with the, the Super Bowl? Any of you uh, parents that have kids in the youth group or have anything to do with Word of Life? I'm sure Mr. Howie knows what I'm talking about. But uh, we had, uh, a couple weeks ago, we took the, the kids, a group of, uh, a youth group from here, 20 or 30 kids, whatever it was, to the Super Bowl. There were about, I think, 800 kids or so that night, and uh, it was awesome. But we take them, we start at 6 o'clock at night, and we took, like I said, there's 800 kids from youth groups all over the place. We take them over to the Civic Center. They get to see a hockey game. They have a speaker come. And then uh, we were there until like, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the morning or so. And then off to these different places, whether it be bowling or, or skating or whatever it is that we do. But I can remember that night, uh, a couple of the parents were, were a little cautious about, uh, about having to send their kids out. And rightfully so. You know what? Um, maybe, maybe this was their, their child's first time at youth group. Or, you know, they, they, they know this is a church event. They know that, uh, you know, they, I think I could trust these guys. But, you know what? I don't really know them. So there were some parents that were a little... A little leery about you know sending their kids out but you know what thankfully um 800 of the students their parents allowed them to go that night and uh <clears throat> i think last i had heard that uh, about right around 100 kids that night had made a decision to accept jesus christ as their savior and how awesome yeah praise god how how awesome that was but uh just think for a minute though you know what we i talked about how that mom that, that, or dad or whatever it was that said that, you know what, this is, this is kind of a, a struggle for me to let my children go. Well, imagine if one of those 100 kids right there, if their mom and dad had said, you know what, uh, yeah, I can't do this. You know what, I, I know, you know, I kind of trust these guys, but, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, you want me to send my, my 13-year-old daughter or my, my 15-year-old son out overnight, walking around Glens Falls in the, in the middle of the night and doing all these things overnight? What would happen if they had said, no, I can't do it? You know what? I think God had an appointment that night with, with all 100 kids or whatever it was that night. 
that uh, their, their eternities were changed forever that night. All because, you know what, parents trusted. They, they made a decision to let go of their child that night. And uh, praise God that 100 kids got saved that night. So, you know, that w- this isn't to say that, uh, you know, we should just let our children go off w- with everybody or anything. You know what, there's some, unfortunately, there's some, some bad people out there. You know, God gives us a responsibility to, uh, to take care of our kids, to watch our kids, to, to shelter our kids to a certain point. But you know what, if God's calling you to, to let your children go to the Super Bowl or, or to camp, or if God's calling you to make a decision to follow him, um, just know that you, you never know what he's got planned for you. Um, I'm sure those parents that night, they had no idea that their kids' lives were going to be changed forever that night. I'm sure they, some of them prayed that it would happen, but you never know what God's up to. So all of this seems to come down to just allowing God's will to be done in your life. Um, in closing, have you, have you ever thought to yourself, wow, there's some people out there that are, that are truly blessed. I mean, I, I, you know, I look around and I see, I see even some of you guys that are just like, God is really working in their lives. Some of these guys are truly blessed. You know, what is it that they've got that I don't? What am I missing? Well, the first thing, uh, you should just examine yourself and you want to make sure your, your heart is right with God. And the, and the most important thing you can do is make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is first and foremost. If you haven't ever put your faith and trust in him, ask him into your heart, ask him to forgive you of your sins, then none of this is going to make any sense to you. You know what? It's hard. To, if you don't have a relationship with God, how are you going to let go? You know what? You're, you're going to struggle continuously. You need to have that relationship with him first. And then we work on, we work on trusting him. We work on letting go. God will, God will help you through these things. Well, maybe you're, maybe you're here today and you are a Christian. You've, you've accepted Christ as your Savior before, but there's, you're just missing something. There's a part of your relationship with him that just, it's just not right. You know, there's, you know, I have good days, I have bad days. There's just something not quite right. Well, maybe this is exactly what God's calling you to do. Is there something in your life right now? You know, hopefully it's not like Jacobed. Hopefully it's not laying your, your baby in a river. But maybe it's letting go of something much simpler, Maybe something that's tough for you. I'm sure it is. You know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a struggle with a sin that you're having. Maybe God's calling you into into ministry somehow, or or God's calling you to to whatever it may be. Maybe this is maybe that's what's missing in your life, or maybe it is just trusting in Christ for the first time. So, <clears throat> so what do you think it might look like if you were to to surrender to God? If you were to be like Jacobed and say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. Jacobed knew. She, she struggled for three months, but she knew in the end she had no choice. The only logical thing to do was to trust in him. What do you think that, what do you think that might look like? What is he calling you to do? Is there something that, that he's telling you that, you know what, you've got to give up? You've got to like, stop pulling on the rope. Stop playing tug of war with me. I want you to make this decision. <clears throat> Maybe it's... Maybe it is accepting Christ as your Savior for the first time. Maybe it's allowing your child to go to, to the next Super Bowl. Maybe it's just, uh, as we talked about, maybe it's, it's you putting up your white flag. Um, maybe it's surrendering to God. As we see, it's, an act of, it's a courageous act to surrender, unlike what the world wants to teach you sometimes. You know, just a couple minutes, Pastor Robbie's going to come up, and we have the time we call our invitation. It's just a, a time for us to reflect on how God's spoken to us. Maybe God spoke to you today about, about something you need to give up, something you need to let go. Maybe 
Maybe you need to come up here and just stick your, your white flag in the altar today and just say, God, you know what? I want to be like Jacobed. You know, I don't, uh, I just, I can't do this on my own. I know that, I know that only you can do this. Maybe that's what he's calling you to do today. How might that, how might your life change? How might, you know what, will, will someone be looking at you? Not that we do it for this reason and saying, wow, they're truly blessed. Pray with me if you would, please. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you uh, for this day, Father. I thank you for this, um, <clears throat> this opportunity just to, um, to share uh, your word here today, Father. I, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jacobed, Father, just the, the story of how you use just a regular person, Father, to, that was faithful to you and how, um, how you used her, Father, in, in a mighty way. And just a, an act of courage of just trusting you. And I pray, Father, for, for everyone in this room here today, Father, that um, if you're calling them to, to give something to you, Father, to let go of something, that you would just help them. Help them to, to surrender, Father, to, to stick their white flag up, Father, and, and to give it to you. And, you know, if that is accepting you as, as their Savior, Father, accepting Jesus as their Savior, turning their life over to him, or just... Um, Whatever it is that someone's struggling with, whatever you're calling them to do, I'm not sure what it is, Father, but you know. And I pray that you would just help them to, to be courageous, Father, to stick their white flag up and just to give it to you. And We, we thank you uh, so much for just the blessings that we have, and we thank you for, for how you work, Father. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.